Dub Nation, what is going on? Sam Orlick here. This is the We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast. The place where we don't panic. Warriors, currently in the midst of a five-game losing streak, having lost all five of their road games. The most recent two against the Orlando Magic and the New Orleans Pelicans. We're going to be getting into all of the ins and outs of what's going on. But please take a moment and take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. That's at least what I'm telling myself here. Um, because what else is there to do, really, before we get into these games and break down what's going on? What options do the really do the Warriors really have at their disposal? Um, I'm seeing a lot of noise and activity in the Twitter sphere, uh, which is of course the number one authority for basketball-related news and insights and discussions around the NBA. And you know, seeing things like it's James Wiseman's fault, Warriors should trade Kaminga. What is Steve Kerr doing? Um, and, you know, we were seeing a lot of these same sentiments last season, the season before. What are the Warriors thinking? Taking Kaminga with number seven. They should package him and go after Bradley Beal. Or what are the Warriors doing trading for Andrew Wiggins? What a horrible decision. And so I just want to take a minute to pause and say that you know, it's always darkest before it's light. And I think Warriors fans had some unrealistic expectations coming into this season because I, for one, sure, I did not expect to be in the midst of a five-game losing streak on our first East Coast road trip when you look at the the list of teams that we've played and the performances that we've strung together, right, at Detroit, at Charlotte, at Orlando, at Miami, these were supposed to be easier games. These were supposed to be very winnable games. These were supposed to be opportunities for the starters to build huge leads and sit out the fourth quarter and not force Steve Kerr's hand to rest the entire starting lineup against the New Orleans Pelicans on the second game of a back-to-back. But that has yet to be the case really in any game this season. Even if you look at the three games we've won, that was at home against the Lakers, at home against Miami, and at home against the Kings. Sure, in all three of those games, we had double-digit leads. Uh, Sure, even against the Orlando Magic, we had a 16-point lead at one point. But we have not been able to put together a complete 48-minute game where everyone's locked in, the starters and the second unit, um, without significant drop-off. And quite honestly, I actually think that last, last night's game against New Orleans, a game where the Warriors were without Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green, actually from an effort and energy and even execution um, perspective was probably the Warriors' most complete game of the season. And that isn't to say that taking away anything from the starting unit, which 
as we've discussed previously, you know, the Warriors starting five has the best net rating in the NBA. And I actually think I need to refine that statement as I just double-checked the statistics factoring in the last two games. The starting lineup of Curry, Thompson, Green, Wiggins, and Looney has a total plus-minus of 60. That is tied with the starting lineup of the Milwaukee Bucks, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Grayson Allen, and Javon Carter. Um, I actually don't think Javon Carter is a starter for Milwaukee. I'm not 100% sure, but that is Brooke, That is Milwaukee's five-man lineup that's played 81 minutes over eight games with a net rating of plus 60. The Warriors starting five has played 109 minutes over eight games with a with a net rating of plus 60 point is warriors starting five are still dominant bro uh i keep saying brooklyn milwaukee is currently eight and oh undefeated Giannis is gonna rest in their game today it'll be interesting to see if milwaukee can keep the win streak alive point is the warriors starting lineup should be good enough to carry them two more wins than what we've seen thus far. And sure, we all know at this point that the second unit for the Warriors, you know, is severely missing and lacking in chemistry, in continuity, in experience, and it shows. You've got Moses Moody, Jamichael Green, Dante DiVincenzo, who's been injured since um, early in the season, James Wiseman. And then it's really you know, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Ryan Rawlings, who are really just there to get a taste of the NBA and are really just going back and forth between Santa Cruz and and the Warriors based on the availability of the starters. So this is not a deep team in its current form. And you're looking at guys like James Wiseman who have yet to even complete a full NBA season. Um I think he's had less than 50 games played still. And it shows he is really rough around the edges. He has some bright spots and he has a lot of glaring weaknesses and areas of of improvement thus far. It's even more compounded by the fact that Steve Kerr is really forced now to play Wiseman with Steph Curry on the floor at the same time. And it is tough to watch sequences of half-court offense as Curry tries to direct traffic and call out plays and get players into position, and Wiseman is seemingly lost on the floor. He's late to set screens for Curry. He gets ends up getting in the way, causing turnovers. Um, you can see visible frustration from Wiseman with his body language when he's not given the ball. There are other times where the Warriors try to squeeze passes into him in the middle, and they end up resulting in turnovers. And so there's just real there's just really not a lot of positives to take away from the on the execution side when Wiseman's on the floor. And then defensively, there isn't really much of anything that I can point to to show um improvement or development. Um he's not fouling excessively like he was as a rookie but he is still fouling. Um, The defensive rebounds come and go. He's shown flashes and moments, certainly against New Orleans last night, where 
he is able to use his size and athleticism to go up and get a rebound. And then there's other times that he just gets outplayed by, you know, somebody in Orlando's um, third string wing. Uh, So just very inconsistent play, which is what you would expect of a very young player who doesn't have, who hardly has any experience at all. This is a kid who played three games in college and has played less than 50 NBA games going into his third NBA season. So, you know, again, this isn't justification, um, but I think that there are limitations that Steve Kerr and the coaching staff are doing their best with and need to continue to make adjustments and fine tune and figure out the right lineup combinations to be successful. That all being said, let's get into a little bit of recap here. So November 3rd, Friday, the Warriors took on the Orlando Magic. This was in Orlando, 129 to 130 was the final score. This is a game where the Warriors got off to a lead early. Um, and then the second half of the third quarter and into the fourth was all Orlando. Warriors got outscored in the third quarter, 33 to 43, and then 31 to 34 in the fourth. Uh, Warriors outscored Orlando in the second quarter, 35 to 23. Steph Curry, 13 of 22 from the field, 8 of 15 from three, 39 points. Clay Thompson, 10 of 24 from the field, 7 of 15 from three, 27 points. Andrew Wiggins, 6 of 12 from the field, 15 points. Draymond Green, 4 of 5 from the field, 8 points. Kevon Looney, Career career high regular season, 17 points, 8 of 11 from the field in 29 minutes. Jordan Poole would only play 24 minutes, 4 of 12 from the field, 1 of 5 from 3, 4 turnovers, 11 points. Jermichael Green, 3 of 5, 7 points, minus 15, which was the worst, um, the worst on the team on the night. We'll have more to say about Jermichael. I'll have more to say about Jermichael Green in a moment. Um, Moses Moody played 11 minutes. James Wiseman played nine minutes, one of three. Three rebounds, two points, minus nine. Jonathan Kaminga was a DNP. Jermichael Green, well, after the game, Steve Kerr acknowledged that lineup changes are coming. And the way that I see this is... Jermichael Green is going to lose some minutes or Jermichael Green is going to slot into a different position because what we saw from Jermichael Green in the preseason was this high motor floor spacing forward who's, you know, not afraid to shoot a three, a wide open corner three, who's able to rebound at a high level, um, can defend, can make the right reads and plays. What we're seeing here in the second unit is Jermichael Green is rebounding that is for sure um rebounding at a high rate but defensively he is committing so many careless fouls um some of those are out of aggression trying to secure offensive rebounds which he has been effective at offensive rebounding um the three-point shooting just hasn't been there and you just see the contrasting style that he plays with compared to somebody like Otto Porter Jr. who 
understood a little bit more of the nuances in team defense than I think what we're seeing from Jermichael Green. And so when you have this really young second unit that's making a lot of mistakes, Jermichael Green's making mistakes with them. He's not really providing stability, veteran leadership, and it's coming at the expense of giving Jonathan Kaminga opportunities. And so at a certain point, something's got to change because Jermichael Green getting 10 to 15 minutes a night isn't getting the job done at the four spot. We know that we need to develop Jonathan Kaminga and get him some confidence. So throw those minutes to Kaminga. Now, I don't know if that means that Jermichael Green might slide over and play the small ball five. I don't know if that means that James Wiseman's going to be out of the rotation. I don't think that James Wiseman's going to be out of the rotation. I do think that the Warriors are committed. They picked up Wiseman's player option. And I think they're just going to continue to roll him out there for 10 to 15 minutes a night, depending on how effective he is, and are just really targeting how to best use him, what lineup combinations to put him in where he can be most successful, and just start to build off of performances or chunks of time where he can be effective and have effectiveness on the floor. Because right now, the the product of the second unit is just abysmal and and everything. Um, but then when you look at the game last night against the Pelicans, um, 105 to 114, but the game was much closer than that. And Jonathan Kaminga played a career high 37 and a half minutes, seven of 12 from the field, one of three from three, three of four from the line, 18 points, and was plus two. Um, Kaminga looked incredibly confident at times outplayed Zion Williamson, who, uh, Zion looked like he really had no interest in playing defense, but Kaminga took advantage. He was patient. He attacked the paint. Um, he settled for mid range. He didn't take a bunch of threes. He didn't chuck up a bunch of bad shots. Um, you know, four turnovers, which tied which was one below, no, sorry, three turnovers for Kaminga. Um, Jordan Poole had five. Anthony Lamb had three. Moses Moody had four. Anthony Lamb, 18 points also. No, sorry. Anthony Lamb, 16 points, six of nine from the field, four of six from three. Um, Anthony Lamb played very well, spacing the floor, finishing in the paint, playing with a lot of energy, high motor guy. That was really great to see him get some opportunity and minutes there. Uh, Moses Moody, four of nine from the field, five of five from the foul line, 14 points. Jordan Poole was five of 18 from the field, three of 10 from three, seven of seven from the line, nine assists, two steals, five turnovers, 20 points. Um, what, what I saw last night from the Warriors was a bunch of guys going out there with nothing to lose, playing with a lot of energy and intensity on both sides of the floor, not making a ton of mistakes. Sure. Um, 22 turnovers was a lot for the Warriors. Um, but the fouling was not as much of an issue. I don't know. Um, looking at the box score here, you know, 25 personal fouls compared to New Orleans had 21. Free throw wise, though, the Warriors shot 23 of 25 from the foul line, and the Pelicans shot 24 29. So the Warriors actually made three more free throws than the Pelicans, even though they shot four less. So 
um, you know, at least from my perspective, from an eye test, it just seemed like the way in which the Warriors were committing fouls um, was not the same as it had been in games past. It wasn't um, racking up all these fouls and the Warriors were in the bonus. It was more, you know, trying to stop Jonas Valanciunas and Zion Williamson from getting, you know, easy dunks under the hoop. And getting back to the point on Kaminga, Kaminga looked incredibly locked in and present. And this was against a healthy New Orleans Pelicans team. This was not um, the Pelicans missing all their starters and, and, and playing, you know, their second unit, their second unit guys. This was a starting unit for the Pelicans. So incredibly encouraging for the Warriors, incredibly encouraging for Steve Kerr to get a look at what these young guys can do when given opportunity. And I think a really great opportunity for Kaminga to build on this and um, really showing some signs of life finally to give Steve Kerr an excuse to get him some minutes and give him an opportunity to be productive because this version of Jonathan Kaminga that's able to penetrate, get into the paint and finish, we need that. Um, Warriors are going to be very happy to see Jonathan Kaminga being aggressive, attacking the paint um, and playing solid defensively and not making a ton of mistakes. Jordan Poole um, shot continues to evade him, but he continues to operate more in the capacity of a playmaker. Um, I mean, 18 shots was a team high. Um, three of 10 from three. Still love him being aggressive and getting to the foul line. I think that he continues to to show growth and improvement on both sides of the floor. Unfortunately, you know, other teams are locked into Jordan Poole. He's not getting the same open looks that he's used to. He is a little bit more in his head at times, showing a little bit of hesitancy. And um, the turnovers continue to be an issue. But these are typically the issues with rising stars. Uh, when a player is transitioning from a role player to a star, um, he's going to receive more attention from opposing defenses. The ball's going to be in his hands more which usually translates to more turnovers. Jordan Poole continues to play with this second unit that really leans on him to create all of the opportunities. The nine assists were very encouraging, though, and, and could have been a lot more, quite honestly. Um, and so it was really great to see Poole be able to do a little bit of everything. He took a lot of threes. He attacked the rim. Um, his shots at the rim have been missing, too, which is a little bit surprising. So... A little bit just seems, I don't know if it's nerves, I don't know if it's fatigue. He's certainly playing a lot harder. He certainly has a much more difficult role as a featured, more featured piece of the Warriors offensively. Teams, I'm sure, are also going after him defensively. And so all of that shows, but I'm not discouraged by this Jordan Poole, by Jordan Poole's line. I think that, again, nine assists, seven free throws, um, continues to be confident in his stroke um and i think that it just is going to be a work in progress for him to continue to put it all together and once he does i think warriors fans are going to be thoroughly impressed and satisfied with the final result i mean we've already seen what he was able to do um from year one 
coming now into year three. So I'm I'm just curious to see, you know, where he's at come spring, March, April time with um, all of this experience under his belt. Another player who deserves some praise here in this game against the Pelicans, Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome was 7 of 12 from the field, 2 of 6 from 3, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 18 points. Um, Ty Jerome is on a two-way deal but continues to fill in very admirably when called upon by Steve Kerr. Um, He had a lot of nifty finishes in the paint, uh, just continues to show a lot of poise for a guy that has some NBA experience despite being on a two-way deal, and you just see how being a little bit of a journeyman in the NBA goes a long way compared to you know all these young guys who are still trying to find their way so um that was really great to see james wiseman you know huge opportunity in front of him in this game 16 minutes one of one from the field three of four from the line six rebounds two assists three fouls five points um you know wiseman continues to struggle and Some of it is on him and some of it is just growing pains. We already talked about it a little bit. Um, You know, there were a few plays here against New Orleans where, you know, same thing. Wiseman was late to setting the screen to start the offense. He got in the way. Um, The team tried to feed him looks inside. Opposing teams are scouting the Warriors and know what they're trying to do. So I think that's, a little bit also of what's going on here. You had the first few games of the season where, you know, everything's fresh, new season, new start. It's easier to operate and run your schemes and sets. I think what we're seeing here now is when Wiseman enters the game, teams know to pack the paint. They know to not allow him these easy looks. Warriors continue to not typically have a lot of floor spacing around him to make defenses pay for that. So the result is Wiseman frustrated and struggling, um, getting in his own head, a step slow, things not really coming easy to him or um, at least not looking smooth, as smooth as you'd you'd like them to be. Um, Ryan Rawlings, he got nine minutes, two of four from the field, one of two from three. Rawlings had some pretty good looks. I was impressed getting him. um, I was impressed in the minutes that he was out there and playing. Um, the game in Sacramento, when I think he played last, he just looked a little bit lost um, going up against De'Aaron Fox. So this was great to see him get a little bit of run here in this game with the Warriors being so shorthanded. He continues to be a project again. Um, this was the late second round pick that the Warriors traded up to get. He, you know, he's going to need some time, but good to see him be effective in the nine minutes that he was on the floor. Patrick Baldwin Jr. He only got three. He only got a shade under four minutes. Um, he is just buried in the depth chart behind Jermichael Green, uh, Kaminga, Anthony Lamb, etc. Moses Moody um, continuing to play very well again. Four of nine from the field. One of five, one of three from three. Five of five from the line. Moody continues to score in a variety of different ways. Willing to take what the defense gives him continues to try and take charges and play tough defense the end result isn't always positive sometimes he's getting called for the charge sometimes he's getting called for the block but you just love to see his um, aggressiveness and willingness to take one for the team to take the contact moody finished 
last night with a team high plus 10. Um, plus minus isn't always the greatest indicator of effectiveness on the floor in small sample sizes, but in this case, you know, take it for what it is. He, you know, led the team in plus minus. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, Steve Kerr, changes are coming. I do think that the one who's going to be on the outside looking in is uh, Jermichael Green. Again, I have been disappointed in the play of Jermichael Green. I don't think he has been contributing to winning basketball. And at the end of the day, you need to develop Kaminga, Moody, and Wiseman. So if Jermichael Green is blocking that, and he, you know, I think last season with Otto Porter Jr., Otto Porter was making winning plays from day one, and that was always evident. Um, it showed in the playoffs when he filled in as a starter at times. So Jermichael Green just hasn't had the same type of impact. Now, we know that Steve Kerr rides the hot hand. We know Steve Kerr likes to make it mix it up outside of the core six. And so just because he makes changes now doesn't mean that more changes aren't made later, doesn't mean that this will be the rotation in the playoffs. So I don't think there's too much to read into this other than you need to do something different. The Warriors have lost five games in a row. They're 12th in the West at three and seven. Um, you're finally back from this, this uh, five-game road trip. You've got the Sacramento Kings coming to chase on Monday, and you need to try something different here and and start racking up some wins, start instilling some confidence in guys, start having some, start executing on both sides of the floor and building upon that execution and start turning this around one step at a time. It's not going to be easy. It's not, no team's just going to bow down and, and give Warriors the easy win. We saw that in Orlando. We saw that in Detroit. We saw that in Charlotte. Everyone's going to come with their A game for the Warriors and you can't always rely on the starters or even Steph and Clay to, you know, shoot the Warriors to a win, to a victory. It needs to come with defense. It needs to come with taking care of the ball, limiting stupid fouls. And then just have patience with the process because the Warriors are committed to developing their youth. They're not going to turn around and trade everybody. Um, I don't think that there is a reality where any of these guys are are moved, whether it's Kaminga, Moody, Wiseman, Ryan Rawlings, Patrick Baldwin Jr., etc. Um, I think that the roster is what it is, and they're going to see it through for better or for worse. But I think that Steve Kerr, the coaching staff, and this team is more than up for the challenge. Everything that I've seen, you know, all the ups and downs and challenges and issues and mistakes, I think this this these are correctable things. These aren't lack of talent. This isn't lack of um, coaching. Um, this is just simply a very young team that doesn't have a lot of cohesion and chemistry, something that Warrior fans have grown accustomed to that have taken for granted with the likes of Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson, and then Bielitsa, Otto Porter, and Gary Payton just came in last year and, for day, and from day one really understood exactly what the Warriors were doing and fit in seamlessly. I think that was a big, big um, underappreciated facet of those three guys. And so now you're seeing that you try and replace them with similar but different players. 
and the result just isn't there yet. But this takes time to build. There's a reason why it's so hard to win championships, harder to repeat. And um, and for Warriors fans, you know, at the end of the day, you, one, need to have enough wins to make it to the playoffs. Two, you'd like to not have to be in the, in the play-in game. So you'd like to finish at least top six. And then three, as we talked about last season, playoff basketball is its completely own entity and beast. The rotation is shorter. So even trying to make lineup changes or roster changes to guys that are sitting at 8, 9, 10, those players probably won't even be in the rotation come playoff time. Or if they are, they're playing five minutes. And so overreacting to bad games by James Wiseman and trying to say we should trade him and bring in somebody else who can be more effective. Kavon Looney's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night at center. Draymond Green's going to get a share of his minutes at small ball five. Who are you going to bring in to play five minutes that's going to do so much better than James Wiseman? And sure, you could say, oh, you could go and get a vet like Dwight Howard, or you could try and trade for Jakob Pertle, or all of these um, scenarios and, and what have you. But the Warriors have their core six, which are going to be the primary options come playoff time. They need to develop these last few guys that are going to contribute in a limited fashion based on matchups and opportunities. But I think the issues we're seeing in the regular season are because it's the regular season. The postseason is a completely different animal and the rotations are going to be different and the opportunities are going to be different. And so it just doesn't make sense to sell your young players for pennies on the dollar to bring in somebody else who won't likely have as much upside um, long term who you know brings its own it, their its own challenges to buy into the system and and fit and everything and all of that to then play a very a very very limited role come playoff time so don't be disillusioned by all the noise in social media it doesn't take away from the product that the warriors are currently putting on the floor is subpar at best I had no intention or expectations of the Warriors being 12th in the West at this at this point in the young NBA season. Um, you know, 10 games in, we're about uh, 10%, a little bit more than 10% into the season here. Um, but there's still a lot more basketball to be played. We've got 72 more games to go. A lot of things can happen. Injuries can happen for other teams. Um, and we already saw last year the Warriors got off to that incredible 18-2 start and then dropped so many games, um, you know, when Draymond missed a stretch of games and all of that. So don't overreact. Be patient. Hang in there with these guys. Take a deep breath. And let's see what Steve Kerr can do now that he's gotten the chance to see what these guys, what these guys can do. Um, last night was a step in the right direction. Like I said, I thought the game against the New Orleans Pelicans in which the Warriors had no business of, of even being close, um, held on and fought hard and played with a lot of intentionality more so than I think we had throughout, you know, any other game thus far in the young season. And that says a lot for these young guys. I think it was a big step forward for Jonathan Kaminga. Like I said, I think Kaminga will have leapfrogged um, Jermichael Green at the power forward position. I wonder what that will do for James Wiseman. 
um, and how they're able to stagger them. So there's going to be a lot of interesting things and changes to watch moving forward. And for me, that's exciting. Maybe for others, that's frustrating because we're not winning games and it's a struggle and it's a challenge and there's mistakes and it's not fun to, to you know, go up against these perceived bad teams um, in the regular season and, and rack up losses. But this isn't easy. The NBA is a gauntlet. It's a challenge. Nobody's just going to give you free wins. Anybody can go off. All of these players in the league are in the league for a reason. They have talent. They have potential. And so any given night, you're going to get everyone's A game. That's what happens when you're the reigning champions. That's what happens when you're the Warriors. Everyone wants to come out and play their best against you. So that's all we got for you guys today. Again, next game is Monday at home against the Sacramento Kings. Warriors will look to stop the bleeding now that they're back home at Chase. Let's hope they do. And let's see what Steve Kerr tweaks with the rotations. And once again, this has been a We Believe Golden State Warriors basketball podcast, a Sports Ethos presentation. If you haven't already, please give me a follow over on Twitter. That's at SD Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and catch you.